Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast with myself, Colin Armstrong, hosting uh, this Monday night. It's the Independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans, where the content is absolutely free. Episode 58 of the podcast, and we're a, we're, we're a, we're a night late. Uh, we were supposed to be on last night, obviously, but we had some technical issues with the, the YouTube system that wouldn't let us stream live. So we're out here tonight to look at the Livingston game and a wee preview of the final game on Thursday. If this is the first time that you've listened to the pod, we would ask you to get the word out there on social media and all the rest of it. And please subscribe and leave a comment and all the rest of it. We're live tonight. We're live on the YouTube. You can leave comments in the the, the 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 comment section there. It's interactive. But we're also you can also download and stream the pod on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, so as I said, we're we're a day late after the problems we had last night, but we're still here. We're still live. Uh, and we'll have a look at the Livingston game, uh, the 3-1 win on Saturday there. We'll have a wee look at the, the departure of Mark Allen, a wee discussion around that. We'll have a look at the final game, big European night under the lights at Ibrox on Thursday, uh, and a wee discussion around memorable European nights that we've all had in the past. So let's get on to it. So joining me tonight, we've had to have a wee uh, rejig of the, the lineup tonight. Uh, it was supposed to be David Wren, who was hosting tonight, we were hosting last night. But he's unavailable tonight, so I've had to step in. So big apologies to David, because I know he was keen to get his his presenting debut. Uh, hopefully he'll he'll be back at another time. So we've had to bring in the gaffer. We've had to bring in Stuart Franklin. How are you, Stuart? Hi, Colin. Um, I'm very well, thanks. Um, looking forward to having a wee chat. Seems like a ages since I've been on. Um, too many contributors nowadays for, to let the uh, amateurs like me on. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I am, of course, I'm only joking. It's always good to have you on, Stuart. It's always good to have you on. Uh, and also joining us, we've got Ian Leeper. How are you, Ian? Have I pronounced yes. your surname correct there? You have, Colin, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And yeah, how are you? Were you at the game on Saturday? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it wasn't the greatest of games or performances, but I think, like we said, we've got the three points, so... Um, hopefully, things will improve. I, I, I think I think I think it's a sign of how we've improved. That you know we're only three points behind. We've only really had one blip this season, and we're all a bit grumpy and groany. You know, I mean, this time last season we were already seven points off the pace. So, but we'll go into that. We'll get in about the the bones of it the now, and we'll we'll get stuck in. Uh, right, Stuart, I'll come to you first. Uh, the the starting eleven. No, I've I've kind of got into the habit of sort of predicting the team and, and putting it out there on Twitter and stuff like that before the game. Uh, I thought he would have introduced Kent later on in the game. I must admit, I was a bit surprised at his uh, inclusion. Left-back continues to be an issue. You know, Baris, I thought Barisic would have figured. And still no sign of our 3.5 million uh, internationalist defender in Hollander. So, so what did you make of uh, Gerard's selection on Saturday? I was quite interesting wasn't it I was I must admit I, I kind of thought the lander might have came into the team as well um, the only problem is I think as much as uh, Golson obviously made a mistake uh, against Celtic him and, him and Katic have, have done largely well this season I'm not so sure if it makes sense to to uh, try a different defence out a different partnership when we've got a big game this Thursday so in some respects, I could understand why why he stuck with it too. The midfield was interesting. Um, clearly, Gerard thought that Livingston were, were going to do as as they did and, and sit in. So, I think it, in some respects it made sense to have a, a creative midfielder. Arguably, there isn't any need to have uh, two sitting midfielders. I mean, um, I think we, we might we might come on to if we ask if we, if we actually missed Jack on on Saturday or not because uh, our defence looked a bit unsure of themselves at times. But um, in terms of 
beating teams that sit in. I think that we need as many creative players in the team as, as possible. And again, I think that's probably why I thought, you know, take a wee punt and, and start Kent. And um, I think it obviously went off injured, but it didn't look at his sharpest. I think that's fair to say that. And, uh, um, but all things considered, I think at the end of the day, it was it was a good result. I, I it, was, it was good to see a, a bit more character. I, I think that's a few times this season now where we're, We've uh, we've won or uh, lost a goal, and I mean the Kamarnock game as well. Kamarnock obviously equalised with about 15, 10 minutes to go, and uh, we managed to to get the points there. So that's something that we're going to do in the last season that we're that we are this year. Um, so I, I think that's probably the, the main positive to take for for Saturday. Ian, with regards to the overall performance, how did you feel about it from my own perspective? It kind of felt, I, I kind of felt it was going to be that type of game, you know, a game where we might have huffed and puffed. And it seems to be that that's the sort of level of performances we're getting at the moment. So how did how did you see it? Is, is that how you saw it in terms yeah, of the overall well, performance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, obviously disappointing. Uh, I thought, you know, Frankie was speaking there about whether we missed Ryan Jack. And uh, I think it's probably testament to, to the unseen work that he does that we, we were so uh, poor, particularly initially. Um, the, the whole defensive thing seemed calamitous to me, and that was concerning. Um, and I know we spoke that Boy Dyke seemed to have a good game, but um, even with Jack missing, with Steve Davis here, you'd think there'd be a calming influence, particularly with his level of experience. But... Uh, uh, we looked quite brittle when they when they attacked us, and that was concerning. But um, we've already mentioned it that the the, the left back position continues to be a problem. And I appreciate that Borna was away travelling with Croatia. But uh, um, in terms of our overall recruitment, you know we've we've signed winger after winger. Um, biggest game of the season, the manager goes without wingers. Um, and we've got two out and loan in Hasty and Middleton, and you just wonder how how somebody views that in terms of acquisition. What what are the priority positions? What needs strengthening? Um, hopefully now you know I can see why we've bought Ryan Kemp because I thought he was really good last season. He's the kind of player that can win a game, and I don't think we've had that for a long time. And uh, um, it's really disappointing that he picked up that injury, but uh, uh, sod's law, I suppose. But uh, uh, I think with Ryan Jack, uh, sorry, with Ryan Kent, you know, you've got a player that will attack defenders. Uh, I think uh, the, the most disappointing aspect of the Old Firm game for me was uh, we obviously had our shape wrong for the start, and we brought in two wide men, and they they contributed very little to. An improvement in the performance. They didn't attack their fullbacks. You know, they had four, I think, four defenders playing in the first ogre from game, and they weren't put under the mill at all. So, you know, perhaps uh, like we'll be looking at Ojo in a few games' time, and uh, I wonder if he'll be starting. Uh, the comments by the manager after the old firm game, I think uh, Jordan Jones will be well down the pecking order. Uh, um, so, you know, there's definitely scope for, for Ryan Kent and for Brandon Parker, who uh, I thought took his goal really well and played well when he came on Saturday. Um seen him before uh, against us and he was quite impressive. Um, so um, I think there's more options there. Uh, but, you know, overall, I'd still like to see us getting a settled back four. Um, I hope Borna's fit and ready to go on Thursday night because uh, I think having uh, a, a back four that plays regularly together will cut out some of the lapses because I still think you know our, our defensive record is not that great in terms of keeping clean sheets and that's something that needs to change you know when Walter came back the first thing he, he brought was two central defenders you know in Weir and Ugu and uh, he felt that no matter what you're doing forward, if you're not keeping them out, then you're going to have to be chasing games. And I think, you know, I'd really like to see us uh, keeping more clean sheets. I know Saturday was a bit different, it was a penalty, but uh, there's a few ropey moments there as well. But uh, I think that'll be key to, 
to, to any success we have this season will be uh, certainly tightening, tightening up defensively um, because we really need to uh, start shutting teams out, particularly at Ibrox. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, 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 I would say in terms of uh, goals and, and Cartage, I would say that's the worst performance I've seen from them this season. They, were, they really were all over the place at times. And you do kind of wonder if it is to down to what you said there, Ian, you know, the, 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 the stuff that Ryan Jack does that you don't really see. You know, maybe even just positionally being in places to to stop things from happening, but they were poor on on Saturday. I thought the two central defenders and left back. I agree. I think that that, that continues to be an issue and one we need to get to get sorted. Uh, Stuart, coming back to yourself, obviously a big thing about Ryan Kent coming back on Saturday. You know, deadline <clears throat> deadline deal, deadline day deal. Sorry, and came back for seven million. I must admit, I was a wee, I grimaced a wee bit at the figure. I think if you're, you know, down in England, that sort of money's ten a penny. But up here, it's quite a big investment for us. Uh, and then, as as Ian was saying, there, sods law, you know, forty odd minutes in, pulls up with a hammy. Now, I, as I said earlier, I I didn't think he would start. I thought he'd have been better being introduced. Is there a chance? Do you think that starting the game maybe contributed to his injury, given he's maybe not played a lot of football up to this point, or is it just one of those that could happen at any time? I think you said it yourself. I think it's just Sod's Law. It's just a bit of bad luck, unfortunately. I mean, the good thing is he walked off. He felt it, and I don't think he, he tried to push it. Some players would try and stay on for another 10 or 15 minutes and try and, and maybe make it worse. So, um, I mean, obviously, I, 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 it might be a, a lower category tier rather than, than anything else. Uh, so fingers crossed he's maybe only out for a couple of weeks, um, uh, a month at most. The, the good thing is we've got um, plenty of players in reserve to, that, that, that can play that position. I mean, I was a, a doubter when we bought Barker. I must admit, I, I kind of thought you know, it was a bit surplus to requirements and we didn't see much game time. And, and, and uh I was kind of surprised to actually see him on the bench on on Saturday as well. I thought Greg Stewart would have been preferred because I think he's the type of player that you you sometimes need and against in and around packed defences. He, he's got that good touch in and about the box and and, and tight uh, position. So I was kind of surprised to see Barker, who who um, is like Jones to a certain extent, where he needs to to, to run at players and needs space in behind. And if teams are sitting deep, then he, he can't really do his best work. But um, and there was a bit of pressure on Barker when he came on. Obviously, everybody was a, a, a bit of a downer when um, we can't get injured. But the lad, he come on and, and he actually had a, a really good game. Um, he didn't do a huge amount in the, in the first half. Uh, didn't have a huge amount of time to do that. But the second half, the, the, the game opened up and that really benefited him. And the good thing about Barker is he's, he seems to be quite similar to Kent and that he can go on either foot. So uh, defenders are always kept guessing as he got to go on the outside or, or come in. Come in uh, into the pitch and and uh, obviously did that his goal the, the defender wasn't sure what to whether to def- defend the the outside and it took a good touch and it was a great finish actually because he was getting I didn't really notice at the time I mean I'm in the Bruno one stand and uh, the, he got closed down quite quickly um, but he, he got shot away in the, in the top corner and you really, really can't argue with his contribution at all so. It's, as I say, it's, it's not good that Kent's injured. Uh, nobody wants that, and the quicker we get him back, the better. But um, we've seen we've seen enough from each of these players. I mean, Ojo Jones, clearly he's injured as well and out for a while. But and now Barker, that, that they've got enough talent there to to get us out of tough positions, and uh, we just need them to be a bit more consistent. And that's that isn't easy with wingers. I mean, even guys like David Cooper uh, were never the most consistent at, at times. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 getting the best out of them. That's going to be the the, the the task for Gerard, and and hopefully that's that's what he can manage over the next uh, few weeks and months. Ian, uh, I mean, obviously, just before half time came and off, get to half time, nothing each. Another sort of, I think we've sort of said before we came on here, you know, a kind of huff and puff performance. So you're expecting the reaction uh, <laughs> two minutes in. You know, will they get the penalty? You know, so no argument about the penalty, though. Do you think it was a stonewaller? Oh, I mean, it's diff- more difficult for to me because I'm in the Copeland rear, but I spoke to a couple of boys in the bus who are in the 
main stand, and they said that they felt it was definitely a penalty. So uh, uh, take their word for it more than my eyesight. <laughs> um, so, but there it was. It, it was in. But I mean, uh, you're right. Uh, it was a bit of huff and puffing. But I thought, you know, we, we were we were dominating the game without looking all that threatening. Although uh, Alfie missed a couple of chances. Uh, you felt it was going to come, but uh, when you go one down, you think, oh, how are they going to react to that? But, you know, good on the due, they did react well to it, and uh, we got in and we fairly coasted it in the end, although there was a few shaky moments. But, uh, you know, 3-1 uh, after being a goal down early in the second half, uh, you can't sniff at that too much. Quite happy with that. It keeps us in it, keeps us going, um, and hopefully... Uh, there's lessons learned and, and improve on that but uh, I think defensively we really need to start tightening up uh, and, and and being uh, almost uh, um, what's the word giving nothing away whatsoever uh, too often last season we did that and we really really need to be quite uh, thrift in that respect uh, given People are looking, though, as you say, you know, it's, it's a penalty. So it's one of these things. It's not as if we lost that goal from open play. So, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, it wasn't the, the most, I think people are disappointed because it wasn't a convincing performance. And, you know, there's been games where we have been convincing, you know, against Hibs and things. But uh, we seem to have gone regressed a wee bit. Um, in terms of those, I don't know whether it's just uh, our optimism, but I mean, they, 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 I think as somebody said that boy Dykes played well and he, he he caused us a lot of problems. He just would have hoped that uh, we would have handled that better. But we did look, I felt we did look calamitous at times defensively. Whether that's the the constant changing of the back four or or the absence of. Uh, uh, Ryan Jack, I don't know, but uh, I would have hoped we would do a bit more assured in our defending, but uh, we are where we are, so... I think the weather actually had a, a, a played a bit of factor in that on, on Saturday. It was really windy, and uh, I think both teams sort of struggled to, to read, read the wind at times, and I think that was causing us problems, especially in the second half. Uh, and I, I think also... Uh, it was mainly set pieces. We, we had issues that, um, that we struggled to pick their men up, but they were putting in good good crosses and and well organised set pieces. So I, I I was a bit worried with the defence at times, but I don't think it was overly bad. Um, not not enough to really really worry about. But I think obviously the, the quicker we can get a proper left back, the better. I mean, I don't think Halliday does much wrong when he plays. To be honest, um, but neither do I think he's really the the, the quality that we we really need to. To um, to bring trophies back, so we're kind of hoping that we can get Barisic in and playing uh, as soon as possible with with Flanagan out injured. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's well worth criticising defence, but I think there there was uh, there was factors worth worth mentioning in terms of why they were maybe struggling. Like, I mean, it was the usual sort of gnashing the teeth on on social media on Saturday when I was coming home. Like you know, I was having a wee look at some of the comments and you know people not happy with the performance, but you know. My memory seems, you know, we've got the damage now with Walter Smith, for example, you know, of winning titles and trophies, and the image is that every game we played flowing football, and I can remember under Walter Smith sitting through some horrific performances, even at Ibrox, you know what I mean? But you know, coming away we are one nothing and and all the rest. Is that not the sign of a team that is is in with a shout of winning something? You know, if you're not hitting top form in terms of your performances, but still winning. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, Colin. I mean, the thing is, uh, I think uh, I did think we were poor on Saturday, but I think there's a great room for improvement. And I think probably we're quite unsettled by the fact, as Frankie said, you know, we've brought in this uh, star signing and he's gone off injured. Uh, but the boy that came on uh, played well, as, as Frankie said, you know, and scored. A, a, I thought he took his goal really well. Um, so. Uh, I think there's there's room for improvement. We weren't at full strength in terms of our left back and 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 Ryan Jack, who's been so such a talisman so far this season, not playing. So I think there is room for improvement. 
Um, I think that the question for me, the the left back position is not just about the left back; it's about the balance in the whole team. Um, going back to uh, the Celtic game, um, John Flanagan was in there. And, I take my hat off to Flanagan. He never lets us down. He goes in there and he's a solid defender. But I think his limitation showed against Celtic. You know, he was given a lot of space and and didn't and couldn't really use it or 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 or, 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 or bring benefit from it. And I think Barish would have done that. Um, and it's just, that's just John Flanagan's game. He's not. He's more a solid defender than attacking defender. But I think we play in a system where we're needing uh, our, our, our defenders to to get forward and put pressure, put them pressure up the park. Um, and I think you know Borna probably would have done that. He would attack that space more than John Flanagan did. Uh, that's no criticism of, of, of Flanagan. It's just about horses for courses. But you could see Celtic weren't even bothering to mark him at some points, and he was getting the ball and. You know, he had a lot of space. So I do think it's a position that needs to be a quality fullback in there because uh, it'll provide better balance to the team. And I think, you know, another thing that's been commented on, you know, Tav's not been as strong or as convincing as he was last season, whether that's the absence of Candias now or, 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 or he's just having a bad season, I don't know. But, you know, you can't keep relying and everything going down the right through Tav, you need to obviously change it around a bit. So, see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Stuart, I mean, when we went with nothing down, that seemed to be the thing that gave us that, that, that wee shake that we needed. And and obviously Tav, as Ian said there, going to come on and discuss his form, actually. Uh, he gets equaliser. Now, I was sitting right behind it in the governor rear, and I am convinced He's made an arse of that free kick. See, when he, when he struck the ball, the way he'd shaped his body up, you know, you, you're sort of picturing the trajectory of where it's going to go and it went a, a different way what he was shaping up to do it. And I think he's shanked it for, for, for you know, one a better phrase. And that's what sort of threw everybody and that's why it's ended up in the net because when he struck that ball, everybody around about me went, oh, you know, there was that groan and then, oh, it's in. Uh, so, from where you were sitting, could you see? Did he mean it, or did he not mean it? Because I'm not convinced he did. I think he meant to score, but if I shanked all my goal shots and end up in the hole, I'd be quite happy. I must admit. No, I, I thought um, Tavian had actually had a better game on on Saturday. I think he has had a fairly mediocre start to the season. Obviously, he's still contributed a, a few goals and some uh, important assists, but I, I don't think he's played all that well, to be honest. I think um, I don't think he's been helped by Ojo and Arfield who've played in front of him uh, between the two of them. No exactly been fantastic either. But um, I thought I thought Tav did quite well. Um, certainly in the second half. But um watching the highlights again today, it was some some excellent crosses he put in the first half, he put two or three in and then obviously he, he scored that goal and he put in the corner for the, the second goal. So um I, did he mean the uh, when, he, when he scored, I don't know. I have no idea if he missed it. And it certainly didn't seem to be from the, the video highlights that I've seen. But um, and it was an excellent, it was an excellent ball, and, and uh, the goalkeeper didn't know whether to uh, to, to uh, try and die for it or, or obviously was anticipating a touch for a Rebo or or goals. And again, I'm in the blue one stand, so at first it looked like it came off one of those two rather than going straight in, but. Um, clearly the, the, the wind uh, helped the wind was behind us so he maybe has sent it out a bit further right than what he thought but because the wind was behind us <clears throat> it took it into the into the six yard box and ultimately into the net and I think we're all delighted because at that point although we had up to tempo after the, um, the opening goal it didn't really look all that dangerous so it was we needed a wee bit of luck and, and we certainly got it with that goal and uh, and after that, we, we went on and, and looked a lot more confident and uh, it was a, a fantastic header from Morelos for the second and obviously I've already mentioned Barker's uh, fine third goal. So I think we, it was well-deserved. I don't think we played that well. Uh, it was sort of carbon copy a lot of games last season. We had plenty of possession in the first half, but the tempo was far too low. I don't think it really helped having Arfield playing deeper. Um, I can understand why he did it, but Arfield was 
completely ineffective in, in that role. He's much better playing up front where he can find spaces, even if he's playing on the sort of the edge of the game and isn't he getting a lot of the ball, he still does enough um to, to, to create chances and, and, and score himself. So I think he's much better further forward. Um but I think, as I said at the start of the show, I think um, we've got to take the positives. And I think um, winning after going 1-0 down and after losing Kent to, to an injury, I think it's it's something that we should all uh, be very happy about. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, Ian, the, the, the second goal from Morelos, uh, I think it was Aribo that got the flick on. He yeah. comes in, scores a goal. He just, he's just continuing to shine. I mean, outside, he's obviously yet to break his dock against Celtic, but that aside, he just seems to get better and better. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, we've seen it this season. Uh, he's not getting involved in any nonsense off the ball or he's just laughing them off. He's certainly, I think he's certainly matured. Um, and he's obviously uh, buckled down. And I mean, I think... You know, he he really is a talent. Uh, um, he just uh, continues to impress. His use of the channels, his finding space. I mean, you know, he found the space um, uh, against Legia as well. You know, just a uh, uh, great, great striker. Um, fabulous uh, uh, finishing and uh, powerful uh, play. Good use of the ball as well. Outside the box, you know, he 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 really gives it away um, when he gets it, and he, he really just continues to impress. Um, just what we need now is for him to get advocate ser- service into the box, and hopefully, with the likes of Kent being there and and, and Barker, uh, uh, he can get that because I think that'll be key. But uh, delighted for him, delighted uh, for his goals, um, and delighted that he's hitting the. Headlines for all the right reasons. Um, it's quite. Uh, there was there, there was there was one wee moment that <clears throat> on Saturday that that really annoyed me. There was there was there was a wee incident with a Livingston player. I can't remember who it was, and he booked a Livingston player. But Wally Collum still felt the need to speak to Morelos yeah. when he hadn't really done anything at all. And and you know, and it's always in the back of my mind that he still. Even though I never got booked, it was a talking to when there was no talking to required. And it seems to me he's still getting refereed to a different standard. That referees are still going out there thinking, this is Alfredo Morelos. The first thing that happens, I'm on him. I think Brother Colum was probably saying, look, you know the score, calm it down. And uh, uh, keeping them well out of... Uh, Trouble, but yeah, you're right, and he, he, there's no doubt about it. He's going to be uh, uh, the BBC have done a fine job making him a marked man, um, probably unnecessarily at times. But uh, he's going to have to live with that, you know. He's fallen foul uh, last season, and he's going to have to live with that. And uh, uh, only he, by his good behaviour, can can break that. Um, uh, but I think you're right. He's he, it's not going to go away quickly and until he, he gets a few games under his belt where he's not picking things up and uh, there's no reason for them to act. Uh, that's down to Alfie himself and his own self-discipline. So I'm sure, you know, uh, Stephen Gerrard's had a word with him and, you know, the club fined him last season as well. I'm sure that uh, he was left out of the Colombian squad. You know, he's maybe, maybe these things are coming together and he's... He's starting to think, you know, I've got to screw the nut here if I want to get a move. Yeah, that's that's temp- the point I was about to come. He also never yeah, got his yeah. move, you know. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, my temperament's got to be uh, not a matter of concern for somebody that's spending uh, 15, 20 million, you know, and quite rightly too. You wouldn't be wanting a player pay that money for a player that's sit, having to sit in the stands. So, you know, maybe it's got, you know, all, all the experience and, and the discipline has got through to him. And he's certainly... Um, responded to that well this season. I don't think anyone can have any any criticism in that respect. So delighted for him because I think he's a hard worker. He's worked hard to get where he is, um, and he deserves to reap the benefits of that hard work. Stephen, speaking of discipline, there was a red card in the game uh, for Dykes, the, the Levy 
centre forward, who I thought did have a good game. I, th- I, th- I thought he, he causes a lot of problems. Uh, I don't think there's any arguments about the first book, and it might have actually been that incident where Morelos got sp- spoken to. I can't quite remember, but uh, what did you make of the second yellow? No arguments or debatable. At the time, I thought it was a, a clear yellow card. It looked like he, he came through the player and, and obviously led with the elbow. Um, uh, got, I think it was Golson went down, and, and Golson doesn't really go down if he's if he's not to a sore one. So I, I don't think I had much to argue about. The, the, the video footage is, is a wee bit less clear. I, I don't know what the, the usual buffoons on Sportsroom were saying last night about it, but to me it seemed a, a fairly uh, straightforward red card. I mean, if Willie Collins given it, then it must be because... Um, I think he tends to try and avoid it where possible against Rangers if it's as long as it's not a Rangers player, obviously. But um, <laughs> the, the the first one was a, a, a definite booking. The the guy Dykes is a decent player. He made a nuisance of himself all day. Um, I, I think it's actually the hardest game that Katic has had all season uh, physically. I think um, Dykes probably won more than his fair share of the the long balls than what Katic has, has probably lost all season. To be honest. Uh, and, and Golson struggled up against him as well. So he had, had a good game. So the, the manager must have been annoyed, but bizarrely, he, he, um, he gave him a high five when he went off. So um, I, I don't know what that says about uh, about him, but it's the, the, the first the first booking was, was an easy one. As I say, he pushed over, I think it was Halliday, when, when he gave a free kick. And it was just, just ludicrous. If, I, I think yeah, if, it was, if it was Marielsa that did that, then it'd be in the papers for the next three weeks. So... Um, I, I don't think the guy can have much arguments. It's a bit silly because he spoiled what was a decent performance. Obviously, it was him that won the penalty as well. I thought he went down, down in instalments for that, um, but I think it was a, a pretty clear penalty. I think the, the reaction of Arfield and, and our players probably uh, told Colin more than, than, than anything else in, uh, in that respect. But uh, I, I, I read card. I think I, I think I'm poking fun at Colin, but I think... Um, I think he got the, the, the two main decisions right. It was a definite penalty, and I think it was a, a, a definite red. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, I think we've we've covered the Livingston game now. I'm having a look at some of the comments here. Keep them coming, guys. Uh, I'll flick through them and try and read some of them out uh, as we go on. Uh, Stuart, obviously, before the the game on Saturday on Friday night, there was uh, the unusual announcement. That, that that Mark Allen, uh, our director of football, was was to leave the club. Now it was, it was quite sudden. I don't think anybody seen it coming at all. Uh, how how do you feel about this, and how big a loss do you think he's going to be? I guess um, only time will tell. I mean, I'd heard various rumours in the in the last sort of six months that him and Gerard didn't get on actually. Um, the comments for, for the manager uh, subsequently over the weekend suggest that, that there was a, a sort of a mutual respect between the two, and um, it's difficult to tell whether that's just trying to to um, to keep things uh, on, on the level to avoid any any problems um, in the background. But I, I think again, let's let, let's be positive. Uh, when did Alan come into the club? I think what two years ago, uh, in the summer of two thousand seventeen, and and in that time. Um, Obviously, he wasn't involved in the, the Cachina sort of debacle in terms of picking him as a manager. Alan came in after that, but um, I, I think his, his, the, the players that he's contributed to signing has, has, have been largely good. I think getting Gerard in has been a good decision. Um, there's other parts of the club and under his remit seem to have improved. The use, the use um, seem to be doing very well. Yeah, I think people are happy with the, the football operation generally. So I think he's, he's done what he was probably asked to do. Um, the question is, could he have done better? Um, I don't know if the Rangers board have asked that, asked him that. And um, I, I, it's difficult to tell whether or not it's it's um, not so much a sacking, but a, a sort of, uh, both parties been been happy to, to part the ways. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, Stevie Clifford maybe be your best man to ask when he comes back for his holidays on that. He might have a bit more inside info on, on what's actually happened there. But generally speaking, I think he's done a decent job. But at the same time, I don't think it's the end of the world that we're, we're losing him as long as that we, we, we get a replacement. And again, I think Stevie posted on the forum just the other day there that there's a lot of uh, guys were, were worried that, that, that we, maybe this, this uh, sort of director of football um, strategy would would be uh, 
thrown to the wayside now with, with Alan leaving, but Stevie uh, suggests that we will we'll all be replacing them. Um, there's a few candidates out there, um, far be it for me to suggest Andy, but um, fingers crossed we get somebody in with, with a, a good record. I mean, obviously, Alan wasn't a director of football in the first place, so um, it was his sort of first time in that role. So maybe this time we'll look to have a bit more experience um, and a little bit maybe uh, a proven CV of, of success at, at teams. Um, and uh, as I say, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm not, I didn't like change for change's sake, but if, if both parties were, were happy to, uh, to call it a day, then, then it's, it's probably for the best, to be honest. Ian, uh, what do you think? He's, he's, you know, is he leaving any kind of legacy here, Mark Allen? But, I mean, I think the obvious one is, is the arrival of Gerard, but is there anything else you can think of, or is that, or is that the main legacy that he's, he's leaving with? It's a hard one to say. I think Frankie says, you know, you, you don't know exactly what happens behind the scenes, but uh, uh, the, the arrival of Gerard to me has has been monumental, uh, irrespective of um, the fabric that he's laid in place. You know, the youth set up and things like that. Though that's important. I think you know this club needed somebody like Gerard coming in who recognised what the expectations of this club were um, and, and and identified with them. And you can hear in uh, Gerard's press conferences, he, he obviously gets it and he's, you know, and he expects players to get it as well. Uh, and I think that's been a real injection of, of uh, positivity in terms of a manager coming in. Um, as I say, it, uh, the signings, um, I'm not uh, crestfallen about it. I do think at times, you know, you wondered, you, you wonder whether there was, there was a disconnect. Um, I'm not saying there was uh, disagreements, uh, but you know, you, you're bringing boys like Jake Hasty in, and they're getting farmed out on loan. Now, I can understand why, given a plethora, but you wonder, in terms of priority, if that's what Gerard was wanting. Um, you know, Glenn Middleton's away to Hibs and. Jake Hastie's gone down to Rotherham. Well, we'll get good experience, and I think you know Greg Doherty's spell at uh, um, last season at Hartlepool. I think he was at uh, Shrewsbury um, has been very positive for him, though it's, it's certainly not helped him uh, screw down a, a, a permanent place. But uh, um, you know, you just wonder what, what what's going on there in terms of recruitment when when there's such a, a strong emphasis on on certain positions and yet the manager uh, in the biggest game doesn't go with any with. You just don't know. I mean, I've never fully understood the role, to be honest with you. I know there's a lot goes on. It's more than just the signings. But in terms of the signings, I've always wondered who 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 uh, actually calls the shots in that at the end of the day because the manager's the one that's going to have to pick the players. So... Um, I agree with Frank. I think he's he's got more right than he's got wrong. Um, but uh, uh, hopefully, uh, um, with the recruitment they're talking, I heard the boy, we're linked with the boy, is it Ross Wilson again? Who I don't know if he's still at Southampton, but he was a name that was banded about before Mark Allen was appointed when we did mention the, the DOF role, we were going to go down that road. So um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there and and the calibre that comes in uh, on the back of that. Well, that's a question I could put to the two. Should I come to you first? Should we replace them? Aye. Aye I, think, um, I think if you're going to go down the director of football route, then, then it's something that it, it takes a long time to, to commit to. I don't think... Saying like let's do it for a couple of years, or it hasn't worked. Let's go back to to the sort of orthodox management manager uh, route. I think I think football changed over the years. I think it's a a, a very time consuming job. I mean, guys like um, even even if you just go back to even Walter Smith, they probably didn't do anywhere near as much media work or have as much attention on them as what people like Gerard's got. You know, so it's a really wide ranging job nowadays. You've got your sports science, you've got your statistics. It's it's completely different. So I think. Um, I think clearly Gerard's brought in a lot of guys. He's brought in people he trusts. 
from from Liverpool. He's got a big backroom team. Um, obviously, Alan um, was the one that brought in Gerard as opposed to the other way around. I would imagine Gerard might might have an input in terms of of uh, of who would replace Alan with, and that makes sense to a certain extent because you don't want to to bring somebody in that's going to rub Gerard up the wrong way. And I think it's important to get on. Um, but at the same time, the director of football is the man in charge, so um, it, it's it's tough. But I, th- I think I think yeah, I, th- I think you've got to replace him, and I'm I'm pretty sure we will, to be honest. Where were yourself, Ian? Is there any obvious candidates or outside the the name you mentioned there? No, I mean I don't I don't really know who they'd be looking at. I mean I, I remember Ross Wilson getting uh, muted previously when the role was. Announced, but uh, uh, no obvious other candidates. Um, I, I do think they will go down the road of replacing them because I think you know it's almost an admission that they got it wrong if they don't. Um, and I agree with Frank. You know, I don't, I don't fully understand the role and and how that um, uh, interweaves with the managerial role and and the signing. Of players until I saw it in black and white with the, the absolute remit. Uh, you, you're all, you're always wondering whether there's going to be um, uh, avenue for conflict between the manager and the director of football, unless you do a Hearts and make have a Joe role. Um, but you know, I think you know you, what you certainly don't want is is any kind of um, uh, animosity or disagreement you know you've got a strong character in our manager uh, with clear ideas so you'd obviously want somebody that complement that uh, uh, rather than uh, uh, be banging heads together Um, so it's a a difficult role you know they'll have to get the recruitment right Um, and then hopefully as as Frankie said Gerard maybe have some input to to, you know who you can work with because you imagine the, I mean I think Warburton was a director of football for a while and there seemed to be quite a lot of uh, um, animosity when he was in that job so you you know it's something you have to get right and uh, uh, when it when it's at the very top of the tree um, if if there's a disconnect there then it's going to filter down so it's probably uh, Probably a very important uh, appointment in terms of who we get. That, that there's harmony there, uh, uh, and that's something they'll have to think about. And hopefully, they'll, 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 you know, they'll speak to Gerard about that. Because it's strange, you know, you've got this guy overseeing the whole football operation, and then a manager comes in and brings his own guys. You know, you just wonder how that works. Um, and I think the argument. Behind it was that, and I remember it, I thought it was quite a positive argument that, you know, just because the manager changes, your whole football structure doesn't uh, uh, fall apart, you know, in terms of people going in, people going out, uh, like a backroom team. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I I think Southampton are a good example of when it worked well. I mean, for a while there, you know, they seem to have it mastered. I know it's kind of went a bit pear-shaped of late, but they did, they did seem to, you know, they always bought cheap, sold high, and performed well in the, the in the Premiership. No matter who went in and who went out in terms of the manager, the philosophy was still the same. Now, obviously, they've, 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 they've struggled a wee bit of late, but I think they're a good example of if, if it's done right, it does work. But it'll be interesting to see... Uh, you know, where Rangers go from here and it'll be interesting to see if Gerard has any input on it. Uh, so I looking forward to that. Uh, I'm going to give a wee mention here. I've just had a wee look on my Twitter actually. We've got uh, CPRFC who's saying, hi guys, me and my buddy Gordon listening from New York City, sitting having a beer in Bryant Park. Hope you have a great show and all the best to the famous for the game on Thursday. Charlie, uh, who's a member of the Tampa Bay Rangers Sports Club. So we've, we've got folk listening in the Big Apple. So thanks for listening, guys. I uh, hope you're enjoying your beer. Uh, so I think we'll move on to the, the, the Firewood game. Obviously, a big, big night. Really looking forward to it. Love the European nights uh, under the lights at Ibrox. And 
I must admit, for you know a few years when we were doing the journey back up the the, the divisions and stuff like that, you know there was a couple of games I was at Forfar when we got beat in the the League Cup. <coughs> excuse me, early on in the season, I think we beat two one after extra time. I came out for that game thinking, you know, these kind of nights that we're, we're looking forward to on Thursday never happening again. I was also at the the Petrofact shambles with Aith Rovers. Again, I came out for that game thinking, you know what, this is a new normal. We're never going to get back to these big European nights and winning trophies and stuff like that. So uh, when we, we qualified for the group stages last year, I must admit I was delighted. I was delighted we've got in again this year. And a couple of big names in Feyenoord and Porto. So it's the Dutchmen who are coming on Thursday night. They won 3-2 yesterday against Den Haag. They were 3 nothing up and they, they nearly made an arse at uh, brought it back to 52, and they've been a club that's been kind of in crisis over the last few years. I was having a wee look at some of their stuff today just to put a research for the pod. So, first thing, Frankie, I'll come to you on this. Are you going to the game? I'm not going to the game, unfortunately. Um, I work at the university, and the students are back this week. It was Freshers' Week last week, so uh, work commitments, and I won't be going to many, many. Um, Midweek games over the next uh, couple of months, unfortunately. Um, plus, I, I think I would like to have got the three game package, but I'm uh, I've got Florida in, in November, so um, I would have missed. Uh, I think it's Young Boys is the last uh, home game, so I'd have missed that as well. So it didn't really make much financial sense to to throw some money at that. I and mean, then my my wife gives me daggers as it is. <laughs> so no, I wish I, I wish I was going, but unfortunately, I'll be um, the, the TV or the laptop for me on on, uh, on Thursday night. What should we expect for Feyenoord? Um, I think that clearly they've not had a, a fantastic start to the season. Um, they're, they're still unbeaten in the league, but they're only in, what, fourth or fifth? I think there's quite a few points behind Ajax. Um, I, I think it'll be a tough game. I think um, it'll be probably fairly similar to, to Legia, actually. Um, I, 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 Ibrox on Thursday, I can't see them exactly coming out and having a go at us. I don't think they'll sit too deep so this in terms of your newfangled mid blocks it might be one of these um on Thursday. Um they've got a few players coming back for injury. I think Pete was saying just in our, our, our uh, pre-pod discussion. So uh, it won't be easy, but I think at the same time um, they're more than capable of, of taking points off of Feynord and uh, especially at Ibrox. Um, so fingers crossed we, we we do that on Thursday. I think if we can raise our game uh, play like we did against Mitchelland in particular, then I think there's goals there for us. Um, and uh, I think if we can score at least one or two, I'm pretty confident that we'll we'll uh, start with three points. Ian, finally, they're managed by uh, Gerard's old foe, his old Man United foe, Yap Stam. As I said earlier on there, they've, they've, kind of, they've kind of been in turmoil for the last few years. Given that, are we favourites going into this game? Do you think? I think I think we we would be favourites being at home. Colin, uh, I think uh, I looked at the league position. I think they they were seventh before the game yesterday. So they've not made a a blistering start to the season. Um, but you know they're, they're at Ibrox, and I think we've been playing. Uh, Overall, particularly in Europe, we've been playing decent stuff. So uh, I think with Gerard at the helm, you're more confident than, than particularly with the success he's had in Europe. He seems to have that. Uh, he's certainly had it up to now, down to T. He's called it right in, 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 in more of the games than, than he's got wrong. And uh, I think in, in that respect, yeah, I think we could well be favourites. We're at home. Uh, and we've got a, a manager that knows the European, uh, the European setup, and he's done very well uh, in Europe. His his records and uh, management with us has been excellent. So I, I think we were right to be confident, maybe getting a result against them. Uh, and uh, you know, these are the games we have to win. I have to say, it's uh, it, it, like you, it's a a real bonus. I remember going up to Station Park and Forfar. The only thing that was good about that night was a Sadler Bridey. So uh, having having European nights again is great. Um, but you know, it, it, I think for most players that the leagues still the the top priority. 
But it's good that, that we're getting these European nights, we're getting money in, the players are getting experience and the club's getting uh, good uh, European-wide coverage. So, yeah, it's all positive. And uh, um, if we can get a couple of results along the way, it'd be even more exciting, you know. I have to say, I went to Saddlers as well, and the Brideys <laughs> were the, the Brideys were magnificent. I, I, we actually went in. We done a sit down job the day we went in, and uh, she says we've no we've, we've no big Brideys left. We just need to give you a wee one. She's right, okay, <laughs> sat down, and this thing was like an elephant's ear that landed on my plate. By the way, uh, so if she's ever up and for give Saddlers a shout. Uh, Frankie, coming back to uh, the job at hand here. Uh, Really close. We could argue that we should have qualified last season. I think the Moscow games were particularly damaging games that we probably should have won. Do we have unfinished business then? You know, do you think Gerard will be thinking he, he, he could get through this this group and, and his qualification for this group realistic? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm fairly confident. I think um, obviously we're one more season down the line, so uh, more experienced. Um, I think uh, a lot of the players will, will look forward to, to travelling to places like uh, Rotterdam and, and Porto and, uh, and obviously Switzerland as well. And it's the, the good thing is they're not exactly uh, far-flung uh, places to go. I mean, a couple of two or three hours on the plane at the most for, for Portugal. So um, I, I don't think there's a huge difference in terms of the quality of the, of the group compared to last season. I think Porto are probably maybe a bit stronger than, than Villarreal were. Uh, if you know, maybe similar to Spartak, and um, after that, I think uh, I think Bern are, are, are probably similar to us in terms of uh, a, a standard. So I, I think it's it's a fairly open group, um, and I think the manager will be looking to to be positive and and and, and try and qualify for it. It won't be easy, um, that's for sure, especially with our, uh, our uh, domestic obligations as well. So trying to to uh, rotate the team through that. Um, well, it's going to be a busy fixture schedule, but the, the good thing is that the games are sort of spread out now, so it's not like the, the, the qualifiers where you're playing every week, every Thursday for, for about three months. It's uh, We've obviously got like one game every sort of six weeks until the, the middle of December now, so um, you'd like to think we could cope the schedule and uh, the, the squad's a bit bigger and the manager's got all his own players now, so in, in terms of him, there isn't much excuse either, so... I, th- I think um, I think we've got to to be looking to try and try and get through. Um, as I say, I, I, it's, it isn't easy, but it's definitely possible. Ian Stuart mentioned there the you know the juggling you know trying to manage the demands of the, the European campaign and the, the domestic campaign. Do you think Gerard is good at that? Do you think he manages that? And should he prioritise one over the other? Well, um, I know what I'd want to prioritise. I mean, I think I think the funny thing, um, Colin, you know, I was speaking about how we need to be more miserly uh, defensively. We, we've done a pretty good job under Gerard in Europe defensively. You know, a lot of times we've gone away and, and kept clean sheets. Um, I don't know if there's something different about European football that, that suits our defending. I don't know, but we don't seem to... To, to 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 throw away so much, you know, quite a lot of clean sheets we've we've managed to hold, and we've done done that a couple of times uh, already this season. So, um, you know, I'm fairly confident that we can, like Frankie says, that you know we'll we'll be up for the challenges. Um, uh, we've got a decent sized squad that uh, um, we now don't know how that will work. I would imagine that you know when we're going away, we won't. Maybe there'll be players that that may have featured that that won't feature, you know, particularly wide players, uh, and they might keep it uh, narrower and tighter. Um, but uh, um, I'm quite sure there's we've got enough there to to um, cope both domestically and on the European front. And I think you know the thing is if we, if we start getting a sniff of things, uh, uh, you know, I think there'll be considerable excitement and uh, perhaps uh, we'll be willing to risk more uh, players uh, through the week than you know rather than holding back for the Saturday game or the Sunday game uh, domestically so uh, I still think it's good it's good experience for the players 
Um, and hopefully uh, we'll get stronger. And I think, you know, we need to remember that, that um, we've got new players coming in. It's going to take a wee bit of time before we see the best of us. And I think that's what's uh, uh, quite positive so far with the start to the season. I don't think the, the football has been great, but I think it will get better as players get to know each other better and uh, know the system. And I think there'll be players... To be honest with you, Colin, that'll fade out because uh, um, I don't think uh, Stephen Gerrard will tolerate mediocrity, and I think boys like maybe Ojo in particular is going to have to be looking at himself for what he's co- contributing. Um, and there'll be some players that will maybe fade uh, uh, in uh, in the way one or two have uh, in the last uh, season or so. Yeah. Do you think you think we'll 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 meet Celtic in the semi final as predicted by Bolly Ball and Goalie? You know, he thinks Celtic will get to the last four. Do you think we'll get there? I think we'll just take one game at a time. <laughs> See what happens. Quite happy with that. I want to know where uh, Graham Spears and Tom English and all that are when Celtic players come out with statements like that, because if that was you know, if that was Andy Halliday or something like that, I'm sure they'd have plenty to say about it. Yeah. Uh, are you going to the game, Ian, on Thursday? No, I'm not going. Uh, I'm similar to Frankie that work commitments. Our bus leaves just after four, uh, and I can't get away from work till half four. So uh, by the time I'm up the road and showered, uh, yeah, I'm can't a wee bit fine, unfortunately. So uh, um, I'll, be think- I'll be thinking about you for the govern stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good year. <laughs> hey, uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything, guys. So before we before we wrap it up, conscious of time, uh, thought we'd come come to both of you and ask for your memorable European nights. So, Ian, I'll come back to you first. What's your most memorable night in a, a European night, Ibox? I think, uh, strangely, I was uh, standing in the old Celtic end. Uh, this is seventies, and we beat Juventus two 0 at Ibrox. Uh, I think Gordon Smith scored. I can't remember who did the other one. Probably DJ. Uh, but that was a fabulous night. I think I was about 14 or 15 at the time. And it was just, uh, you know, a huge scalp. Uh, brilliant night. Uh, it was strange not being in the club, but the Cobbler Road was getting rebuilt at that time. Right, uh, right. It was. So uh, I was in the Celtic end, and uh, it was just me, him. It wasn't even all ticket, you know, you just paid at the gate in those paid days. The gate. Yeah. So it was absolutely swarming and just the atmosphere was fabulous. Was it no Gordon Smith that got the other goal that night? I'm thinking about it. James it Alec- both of them. I think it was Alex Smith, uh, Alex McDonald and Gordon Smith. Uh, I think, I'm sure it was me, Donny. Great night. Great night. Great I don't, great mean, I don't, I don't want to make you feel bad. I think I was about four at the time, Ian, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> And what about you, Stuart? What's your most memorable night? Rangers nil, Galatasaray nil. Um, I think it was pretty much 19 years ago. It was absolutely pissing rain and I'd, I'd always drive through and we got through later than usual because of the weather, so I didn't get a chance to go and get a bag of chips. So I went and got a pie and I wasn't in my usual seat either. I was away up the back of the going, eh, sorry, the, the, the Broomlong stand, Broomlong rear, like literally. I think the, the second last row. So I was trying to run up the, stair, the stairs, missed the first couple of minutes and slipped in my pie and brown sauce over my pus. <laughs> <laughs> you know something, Stuart? I was hoping there was, a, there was, a, there was a, a tale there because I thought, typical goalkeeper, all the European nights, he picks an on each draw. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had, to, we had to go. If you want a good result, the, 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 um, it's maybe a wee bit more relevant uh, than the next. We beat Porto 3-2. That was a fantastic night. Great game, great atmosphere. And hopefully get a similar result when we play them in a couple of months. Yeah. I'm, I'm preferring your pie-in-the-face story, though, to be fair. I'd have, I'd have paid money to see that, to be fair. I kind of thought that would be the case. That's why I brought it up. I'd pay good money to see uh, Stuart take a pie-in-the-face. But there we go. Uh, I think for myself, I, I, I'm... I'm I love the Leeds United game. I must admit, when the two teams came out that night, I've never heard a noise like it. It was incredible. And then for it to go so quiet after our now assistant manager hit an absolute perler for sort of 25 yards for the corner kick. Uh, but we done well. We came back into it and, you know, 1-2-1. One, one. And I just remember, it was just the noise. That and Parma, 
uh, the night we beat Palmerton on the noise that uh, those games are just incredible. What a red, what a legend John Lukic was that night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he went to the Stuart Franklin School of Goalkeeping, I believe. Steady, son. <laughs> Right, I'm, already, I'm already running the risk of getting sacked here, so I think we'll, we'll call it time there, guys. So thanks for your contribution. Uh, and that's it for this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Podcast by fans, for fans. It's independent and free. Before we go, I should give a wee mention. I'm just following my Twitter feed here. Um, some sad news coming through that Jim Jeffries, the former Hearts manager, has suffered a serious heart attack and is currently... Uh, in hospital, so our best wishes to him. Uh, I know he could be a bit of a doer bugger at times, but it was always quite a likable character, I thought. So, best luck to Jim and his and his his health battle there. Uh, next week, there'll be a show next week. Obviously, we've got the final game on Thursday night, and we're at St Johnson next week. I'm going. I have tickets. I'll be in Perth next Sunday. So there'll be a show covering those two games next Sunday. Hopefully, we're live if there's no issues with YouTube. In the meantime, get yourself on to Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. And until the next time, bye for now.